Hey, we're all awake. That's good. Hey, um, we'll try to fix that. All right. Now, no, seriously, uh, it is good to be here this morning. Uh, thank you again to all those of you who um, were out yesterday, and some of you were out Friday as well, uh, cleaning and purging and uh, finding new homes for things. Uh, I hear that three truckloads of stuff went down to Helping Hands yesterday, and uh, Stephen's having a dumpster delivered, a big one, um, for the remainder of it. I have the spiritual gift of throwing stuff out, and, um, and so some of you were here to help me exercise it yesterday. I really appreciate that, even though I wasn't here. Um, thank you. It was a huge effort, and uh, you all uh, will receive your reward, I'm sure. Um, let's, uh, let's do pray, and let's ask the Lord to lead us into his word. Father, I pray this morning that I would get out of your way and that you would speak to your people through your word and that the person who would receive all praise, honor, and glory this morning would be you and that we would turn our hearts always in worship, Father, to an audience of one because, Father, you alone are worthy of glory and honor and power and strength in all of our devotion. And Father, we pray that we would therefore offer it only to you, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're feeling literary this morning, you might ponder with me this line from the, from the Russian novelist Ivan Turgenev. Uh, he's a 19th century Russian writer, and he says, I do not know what the heart of a bad man is like, but I know what the heart of a good man is like, and it's terrible. I don't know if Turgenev was a Christian or not, but his, his, his line there reflects, I think, a Christian understanding of human nature, doesn't it? There's something dark, even within the very best of us, which can only be conquered by the redemption that comes through Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen? And that dark part of us produces within us a tendency toward hypocrisy of professing better than we live and of outwardly doing good deeds while, in, while inwardly fueling our own pride and our own self-satisfaction with what we have done. And Jesus confronts us all right there, right where the rubber meets the road, uh, with our hypocrisies and with our uh, desires to be seen as wonderful and as good and as even godly people, uh, even while we harbor other thoughts on the inside. And so if you've got your Bible, I want to show you just six verses uh, this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. That's verse 1. And that is a general principle that Jesus is going to illustrate in this chapter 
with several examples. He's going to give us three. One about, uh, one about um, giving, one about praying, one about fasting. And we won't get to fasting and all that today. We won't even cover all of praying. But uh, we're going to look at two of those today, and we're going to look at them in a little more detail. But if you want to restate what Jesus is saying, here's what he's saying, bottom line. If you are doing a good deed to be seen by other people, you will not get any heavenly reward for it, no matter how good and beneficial your deeds might be. And notice, there are no exceptions to this. You know, there's a lot of passages in Scripture where we can say, you know, well, there are some exceptions to this that... um, you know, you can uh, maybe fit into your situation. But in Jesus, is the Jesus statement here, there are no biblical exceptions to this. If you are doing good deeds in order to be recognized by other people as being a good person or a godly person or a pious person or whatever title you want to put to it, then you will not receive your reward from God for whatever it is that you did. No exceptions. Uh, If I'm being honest, this statement cuts a little cross-grain with me. It rubs me the wrong way a little bit. And it convicts me. Because my life is dedicated, at least on the surface, at least, to serving God and to doing what He wants with my life. But if in my heart I am serving not the Lord, but serving to hear the praise of other men and women, then no matter what I have done with my life, I will have no reward. Now notice Jesus does not say, you will not be in heaven. Uh, He does not say uh, you will lose your salvation or anything like that. He just says you will have no reward. I want to be rewarded. I don't know about you, but I want to be rewarded. I want to live my life in such a way that I hear from the Lord, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come enjoy your master's happiness. I want that. In fact, If you want kind of the theme verse for my life, that's it. I want that. I want to hear that come out of Jesus' mouth when I open my eyes in glory. But Jesus is warning us here in this passage about doing your good deeds in order to get recognition and praise and honor from other people rather than from Him. And He says, if that's your motivation, then you will have no reward. And so you need to ask yourself, as I'm asking myself this week, as I'm studying this, if i got to suffer, you got to suffer. That's how we play. All right? (laughs) Uh, Here's the question. Whose glory... Am I more concerned with as I do what I do with my life? God's glory 
or my own? Who am I doing it for, really? And Jesus gets into our motives. He gives us a couple of examples here and crowds us a little bit on our motives. So we want to look at that. Uh, Verse 2. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Uh, when I, I don't know about you, but when I do something well... I want to hear about it from other people. I like applause. I like recognition. If I preach a great sermon, I want people to say, Pastor, that was great. That was life-transforming. My life will never be the same because I heard you preach on whatever. Okay? I want to hear that. I do. Sorry. Prideful. Okay? Um, I want my dear wife to say to me, Hey, That looks amazing. I'm so glad you got that done. It only took you six months, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) You finally got got it done, and it looks great, and I love it, honey. Thank you. You're the best husband in the world. I want to hear that, right? Uh, I want my kids to think that I'm an awesome dad and to tell me that I'm an awesome dad. Okay? I heard that yesterday. I took John fishing. Uh, I took both John and Nathan, but John's a little more effusive. And he's like, he puts his arms around me. He's like, this is great, Dad. I love it. Thanks for taking me fishing. This has been a great day. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I love that. Sorry, I do. I like words of affirmation. It's my love language, right? And I don't think I'm alone in this. In fact, I think that this desire to receive commendation and praise from other people is something that is hardwired into us. You know, Karen has uh, a daycare that she has run for the last several years out of our house, which means that on early release days, as an example, we've got 10 little rugrats running around on our house, okay? Uh, Four of ours and six little bitty ones that are um, uh, that are occupying space, and they also are all interested in putting on a show for us in various ways, right? And one of the things I have heard a lot over the years is this. These, it's, it's supposed to be three words, but it's just two, okay? Look at me. Look at me, right? And they, look at me, Mr. Joe, look at me right? Look at me, Miss Karen, and they're showing us their artwork, or they're showing us uh, their dance moves, or they're showing us, you know, some tower they've built out of blocks, or they're showing us something, right? And from from a very early age, we have that desire to tell other people, look at me. I mean, I mean, we have a whole, you know, we have a billion people on Facebook, which essentially the theme... The theme uh, for that thing's existence is, look at me, right? I mean, seriously, that's what it's about. Let me tell everybody else how awesome my life is. So you can all 
look at me, right? And, uh, and you can be envious, right? I mean, that's a whole, we have a whole website built around that. Twitter, same deal. You know, whatever you're into, that's what social media is essentially built around. Uh, Pinterest, you know, whatever it is, it's look at me, right? Uh, every redneck's last, last words, always, same ones. Ready? Hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> right? We're into that. We like that. We like to have other people see us and go, awesome, yay. You know, that was great, right? We want to see that. And the same thing is true when it comes to the giving of money, right? When you... um when you give money, you know, money is the one thing, you know, next to time that we never seem to have enough of, right? And so when we give money to some good cause, we want other people to know about it. And that is not unique to us as Americans. That was, that's something that is ancient. In fact, Jesus talks about right here, he says, you know, don't do what the hypocrites do. And this, the religious leaders of Jesus' day actually did this. They would have trumpets blow whenever they were about to put money in the plate. Can you imagine doing that? But, you know, they wanted to be seen. They wanted to be recognized. They wanted to have somebody lean over to their, to their spouse and go, Wow, honey, there goes a really pious guy. Did you see how much money he put in? Okay. They wanted to have that recognition, right? And we do it too. Like, how many of you have been to the hospital? Right? This is the Grace and um, Bob Stanley, you know, cardiac care center, right? And this is the whatever. And everything in the hospital and every hallway is brass plated. Or you go to a university, you know, this study room helpfully provided by a donation from so-and-so and so-and-so, right? Or, and you even go into some churches. Now I've gone from preaching to meddling. Uh, and, you go from, and you go into those churches and you see everything in there that's not red hot or nailed down has got somebody's brass plaque on it. Right? And, and you go, what is that? It's a desire for recognition. Hey, I gave some money here. I did something good. Y'all look at me. Right? See what I just did there? See what I just did there? Wasn't that good? Oh, yes, that was wonderful. Thank you. Couldn't do it without you. That was amazing, right? Look at me. We all love that. And Jesus cuts through all that. By the way, one of the reasons we stopped taking an offering, one of the reasons we stopped passing the plate here, and went to boxes on the wall or in the foyer or online is so that we don't have that temptation to have, as the plate is coming by, other people looking at us to see if we are putting something in. Right? We don't do that. Why not? To avoid exactly what Jesus is talking about right here. He says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, you don't focus so much on it yourself that you even have that much awareness of all the good you're supposedly doing. 
Stop seeking public recognition. Stop breaking your own arm, patting yourself on the back. Do good with your money, but do it quietly. Because the kind of recognition and honor and praise that really matters and really counts is that which comes from God. Amen? And the question really does become this. When and from whom do you want recognition? Because Jesus says something very simple, very profound. If, when you give money, you give it in a way that is meant to attract attention and have everybody around you go, Awesome! I hope you enjoyed whatever that was. Because that's all the reward you are ever going to get for your generosity. I hope it was worth it because that momentary whatever is all that is ever going to be there. If, on the other hand, you focus on honoring Jesus and you do it quietly, not to be seen by anyone but the Lord, then you will have your reward and it will be much more lasting. Amen? Much more lasting. Now, I think I'd just like to close in prayer right there. <laughs> but I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, because the part that was really convicting to me is next. And I'm going to get through that this week. And he wants to give us a little more to chew on. And so I'm going to wade us into that. Verse 5 and 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In Jesus' day, the religious leaders love to put their piety on display. You know, they would uh, have those uh, containers for the scripture called phylacteries, and they would make them big so that, and wear them where everybody could see on purpose. They would pray in every synagogue, make sure that other people could see them pray. And every time the synagogue met, they would pray on the street corners so you could know who the really righteous people were. I mean, what's the use of being a righteous person if no one else knows, right? So they would pray in such a way as to be seen. And they loved to be seen practicing their spiritual life. They loved to have people pass by on the street and hear them praying or hear them offering up their most impressive uh, theologically astute prayer in the synagogue. They long to hear, there's a spiritual man right there. 
Notice what Jesus calls these guys. This is the second time he uses this word. He calls them hypocrites. The word hypocrite that's used right there is the, is the word that means actor. They are men who pretend to great spirituality, but who inside long more for the praise of their fellow humans than for the praise of the one to whom they are supposedly praying. And in contrast, Jesus says, do your praying, you're going to pray, that's good. Do your praying for an audience of one. Praying is good and holy, and it receives God's reward, but only if we do our praying to God and not for recognition and praise from other people. If we pray so other people will see us and applaud us, then I hope you liked whatever applause you got, because that's all the reward you will ever get. Now, uh, be sure not to overinterpret what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is not condemning praying in public. Thank God. He is not condemning praying in public. Praying in public is an important aspect of worship. And it is uh, important that we do that because the Scripture encourages and commands that we would pray together as the body of Christ and that we would um, Pray and offer up worship to him uh, as part of what we do as a church. Over and over and over again, the scripture says pray. And prayer at times in some settings needs to be public. And so what Jesus is addressing here is not public prayer per se, but that variety of public prayer that slides over from worshiping God into a self-promoting corruption of worshiping God. Uh, and if I'm being honest, I'll just I'll just tell you this. This one cuts me a little bit. Because as a man in church leadership, it is very easy sometimes to utilize the gifts that you have to get a little flowery up here. To be in the words of uh, Pastor Kent Hughes an ecclesiastical exhibitionist. That's a good word right there. In other words, to be a man who is more concerned with the praise of the congregation than with the applause of heaven. And I know that I have fallen victim to that temptation more than once. Because it is easy when you are praying sometimes, especially when you do it all the time, to start to let your focus drift over from talking to God into talking so that the other people in the congregation will be impressed. Easy to do. I've done it. I won't rat Mark out. I don't know his heart. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, I, don't, I won't rat on Stephen either. I don't know those guys' heart. I know mine. And I know sometimes it's easy to lose focus and to start to pray to be heard by you all. 
rather than pray to be heard by the Lord. Amen? And Jesus says, don't you do it. There's one person that you pray to, even when you're praying and leading a group of people in prayer. You pray to that one person, to the Lord and Him alone. And whatever everybody else thinks is whatever they think, but you have a responsibility to talk to God and Him alone. God, deliver us from all of that mess, right? From putting on a performance, play acting, instead of worshiping. Amen? So, here's the question. Fundamental thing. According to Jesus, God only rewards the good deeds done exclusively to honor Him. Right? Only those, not any others. So, if we want to hear Jesus say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. Then we need to guard against the hypocritical righteousness, quote righteousness, that does good deeds in order to hear other people's praise. Because God sees everything we do, both good and bad. He sees not just what we accomplished, but the motive for which it was done. And so we need to ask the Holy Spirit, I think, this morning to to examine us with this one question. From whom do you want your reward? From whom do you want your reward? Do you want to hear your fellow creatures applaud you and praise you and admire you? Or do you want to hear Jesus say, well, because one of those is lasting. And one of those will endure through all ages of time. For eternity, you will hear from the Lord, well done. Or you will hear for a few seconds down here from your fellow human being, well done. From whom do you want your reward? Amen? Let's pray. God, our Father, I do pray that you would preserve me and preserve us from doing what we do to be seen by anyone other than you. Father, there are things we must do in public as part of our worship with you. But Father, doing them in public should not be the reason that we do them. It should only be because we love you and you alone are worthy of worship. And we long to worship you and give you the praise that you are due. Father, I pray you would help us to examine our hearts this morning. Search us and know us, O God. See if there be any hypocritical way in us and in me. 
and help us to root it out. That our worship might be for you and you alone. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.